VR and eventually AR are really designed to be able to move around and do things and like interact with the world, and that's really important to me. I mean, it's like I, I just like I hate sitting in front of a desk, right? It's like I, I just feel like if I'm not like active, I'm I'm like wasting my day. Um, so I don't know. There have been these awesome experiences. Of basically, a couple of companies. Um, you can kind of think about it like Peloton for VR. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like Peloton, they sell you the bike or the treadmill and then you buy the subscription and you get the, the, the classes. There's a couple of companies that basically do, you know, they do cardio, they do dancing, they do boxing, but instead of having to buy a bike, you just have your Quest headset. And once you have that, you buy a subscription to, to these, these companies um, and you can just take lessons um, and, and do different things and, and fitness and it's, it's um, I, I thought that was pretty wild. I thought that, like, in the long term, something like that would start to happen. But it happened way sooner than I thought, um, which was really cool to, to see. Well, if you do one of the boxing games, you realize right away, like, this is a really good workout. Like, yeah. it, it, the virtual boxer, when they come towards you, and they're in that ring, and they start throwing punches at you, and you move in your head, yeah. you really wind up getting, uh, like, a really high heart rate. You, you put... Buttons. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. This is uh, Joe Rogan's react uh, to him and Mark Zuckerberg uh, speaking on technology and the new technology that's coming out. Um, <clears throat> one of them was uh, so far uh, that caught my attention was the Wave Gods, and you know, basically that's AR glasses being able to see through. Uh, Instead of having like a TV in your living room and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, you'll basically just be able to uh, put on these glasses and, uh, you know, it'll be like your TV through uh, aug augmented uh, reality and virtual reality. You're now tuned in to AJ the Hero's Dilemma. Let's go. The concepts of virtual reality and augmented reality are sort of on two different development paths, but they're 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 obviously fundamentally interrelated, right? So virtual reality, it's it's kind of possible to build today. Right? Quest Two, it's you know pretty popular, doing well. Hopefully, the new one that that comes out, um, I think it's a pretty big step um, above it. Um, but you can you can build that today. There's a lot of new technology that we've researched that goes into that, but it also is building on top of decades of advances in displays that um, came from TVs and then laptops and phones and some of the display technology um, gets to piggyback on that those decades of innovation and you know, all these different companies that have done that work before. AR is a pretty different beast um, because you know, what you really want to get to is not a headset. You want to get to something that's like a normal looking pair of glasses um, that is you know, I mean, it won't be like a wireframe because you'll need to fit some electronics in it, right? You'll basically need to have a, a computer in there, speakers, and a microphone, and batteries, and a laser projector. And then the display, which, you know, we and a, a lot of other folks think is going to be this technology called waveguides, um, which is completely different from screens. Because it's a screen, it's like you're looking at a thing, um, and, and basically you're looking at, like, all the pixels that are on the screen. The thing that's, that's different about a waveguide is it'll actually be see-through, so you'll be able to see the world through it, and then it'll display holograms 
um, and be able to place them at different depths in the world. So is a waveguide a type of technology? Like, what, what is a waveguide? Yeah, it's um, it's it's basically it's you know it's a they can be made of different uh, different substances, plastic, glass, um, different different substrates, um, and they basically get etched or printed in different ways. And there's this big debate right now where a lot of the research is going into what is the right way to basically create the, these waveguides that have the right properties because you you want um, for for augmented reality. You know, you can imagine in five years. We're having this conversation. I'm not here. You're wearing AR glasses. Hologram Mark is here, and like, it's so it's not only just is, is is it kind of working as a hologram, but there's all these different dimensions beyond, um, just being like a, a better video chat. If we want to play poker, you know, it's mm. like I could, you know, I could like deal a deck of cards, and we could play hologram m me um, could. You know, deal hologram cards, and you could have your glasses, and physically you there could pick up the hologram cards, and you can have a, a poker night where like some of your friends are there physically, and some of them are there as, as holograms, and it's it's actually kind of wild. One of the thought experiments that I like to do is um, thinking about how few of the things that we physically have in the world actually need to be physical. Um, Pay attention. You know, things like chairs need to be physical. Or you're not sitting mm -hmm. on a hologram, food needs to be physical. Um, but most entertainment type stuff, I mean, not just cards, but games, most media, TVs in the future probably won't need to actually be physical things. It'll just be like a, an app, like a, just have an app there on your, on your wall and, you know, it's like, snap your fingers, get the hologram there for the TV and we can have our glasses and watch whatever you want there and... In a quarter mile, turn left. I don't know, they're sort of limited to being rectangular now because a bunch of limits in, in terms of the physics of how they get produced, but in the future you'll just have like some you know, high school students or college students developing apps. Turn left, then turn right. Wow, the cra crazy stuff. Forgot to tell y'all I was driving, so. So yeah, so you, you'll eventually be able to kind of have that. Driving and podcasting. Um, turn right. Glasses. So, are there these AR glasses? Uh, are they in production now? Or are they in in a quarter mile? Turn left. And now, like when you when yeah. you talk about this kind of technology where you can see things that aren't there and yeah. look at maps and watch videos and have it all on a small computer that's in a the frame of glasses. Yeah. Do they exist already? No, I, I think the we'll start to get stuff that, that kind of looks like the full version of this over the next I, I'd say turn left three to five years sorry uh, uh, but I think it'll also start off pretty expensive um, once once it's available and then it'll take a while to work down to something that's like hundreds of dollars um, but there are versions of this that you can start to see um, if you relax some of the constraints right so the, the kind of ultimate AR experience is that like okay you just have normal looking glasses that can that can kind of have all of these um, have holograms to make it so you can interact with people wherever wherever you want but um, if you relax the form factor constraint right so you have a headset instead of um, instead of normal looking glasses that's the other thing that's coming in the new device that we're shipping in October is mixed reality in VR right so we, we got to play around with this a little bit in the um, in the sword fighting. Um, experience that we did, but it's you know basically the the thing about mixed reality is is you you see the physical world around you, 
Um, in, in the context of VR, it's not happening through a waveguide. It's basically happening through, you have cameras on the device that capture the world and then translate that in real time into stereo images, so different images in both eyes, so that way you can, um, because otherwise it's, it's weird and where we, we kind of see stuff in, in, in you know, 3D because we have two images, we, our two eyes see slightly different things. So you're kind of, the, the computers are putting that together on the fly. And, um, and then you can overlay digital objects on top of that. So when we were you know, sword fighting, it's like the version of me and my sword, it's like that was a digital thing, but otherwise it was in your lobby, right? And you could see your lobby. Yeah. So, so you could start to see those kind of AR experiences starting to get built, but in a uh, form factor around mixed reality VR first. So that's one one direction that I think that, that, the, that the industry is exploring. The other is basically looking at, okay, so we got to constrain this form factor because we want to have something that looks like normal glasses. What's the most technology that we can fit into a pair of normal looking glasses today? Right, so you kind of go from both sides, right? It's like, what's the experience that we want to have even if we can't get the form factor right? And what's the best we can do with the form factor? And then each year those two basically convert. On the glasses side, and we work with Ray-Ban to basically build these smart glasses and they're the best-selling smart glasses that, that, have, that have ever been built and they're, um, you know, it's, it, we'll, we're continuing to work on new versions of it, but they're, you know, basically you can get a pair of, of shout out the Ray Bears now that um, that have a microphone and that they have a speaker and they can take photos and take videos and you can really? post them to Instagram. Yeah, it's, they it's, do it on voice command. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so you can take take a photo of this. Yep. Take a photo. Take a video. And what um, what kind of image quality are you getting off of these things? Um, it's pretty good. It's um, I, I want to make sure I don't get the the spec wrong, and I just have all these different numbers in my head because I, I want to make sure I don't confuse it with the Is it like similar to like a selfie camera? Like yeah, yeah. Limited in yeah. comparison to the back camera? Yeah. No, it's not quite as good as the as the back cameras today, but it's, um, but yeah, no, it's it's like, I mean, you look at the, the quality and it's good. Um, and, and it fits in like the corner of, a, of glasses. Does that bring about privacy concerns? People can just like start filming things? Yeah. So, I mean, we designed it so it has a light on it. So whenever uh, there, yeah, I mean that's that I think is actually a really important part of this. Could and, you put a piece of tape over the light? I, I mean, I guess in theory, but but it's um, yeah, there, there it is. Yeah. So yeah. that little thing in the corner is that a highlight or a light? Uh, no, that's the light. That's the light. And it, and it okay. blinks, and it, it it's it's a pretty active indicator. Um, and I think wow. if you put a, if you put a piece of tape over it, it would probably interfere with the camera. So. And so those wayfarers are essentially the same size as normal wayfarers. Do they have thicker uh, arms? I think it's ever so slightly thicker, but it's within the same ballpark of uh, of weight. You know, so we worked mm. with the company that, and the Ray-Bans. I mean, these are like some of the most you know, popular yeah. and successful glasses. And you know, part of the reason why I wanted to work with them is because they know a lot about glasses design. Right? That's not mm. my thing. Right? So, um, so I figure. In a quarter mile, turn left. They'll, they'll really bring to the table some constraints around like, okay, like how big can this actually be before it starts getting too heavy on your face and uncomfortable to wear mm. for long periods of time? And so let me say, yeah. s- sorry about that. Let me say something about that. Um, I do actually own a pair, not Ray-Bans, but mine's are, uh, I think they're called like speckles or something like that. I, uh, I uh, can't really recall off the top of my head what they're called, but they were made um, for Snapchat uh, to be able to do. Uh, they, they were made to link easy to Snapchat. 
um, pretty color like a, like a turquoise blue um, bright vibrant um, I love the way that the glasses look on me however I took the glasses to multiple um, um, eye places and just to get them to adjust the size and the fit and uh, I'm not a I'm not a very huge guy but uh, the way I feel about those are, are they they're very heavy in the front um, I think I did a review of them if I didn't I will on my YouTube uh, nightlife plug digital mag um, um, on YouTube and you'll be able to see exactly what they look like and uh, so my opinion is for the for the most part I think they design I don't know about all of them I think now uh, because I had mines I believe for the last two years and people are just now starting to find out about them um, but I think now they're building more for like adults I think that they, I think the, the idea in the beginning when they were building them was for um, all uh, all size fits all or however you say that um, yeah I think that's what it was but let's let's go on basically have these two paths to the technology at once. You're, you're kind of trying to explore all the capabilities but in a device that's bigger than the form factor that you want while simultaneously, you know, every year or two, cranking and, and, and kind of pumping more technology into what's the like, what can you fit into the, the kind of form factor that you want and you know, make it a really great design. And then just eventually these things converge. And then eventually they'll converge and you'll get the functionality and you'll get the the, the kind of form factor, but it'll still be kind of expensive for a little while, and then you fast forward a few years from there, and then I think it'll really be a mainstream thing. But even VR today is is doing quite well. In a quarter mile, turn left onto Pennsylvania 18 North. I mean, it's um, I mean, I don't I don't think we release like exact numbers on the sales, but I mean, it's it's within the ballpark of you know Xbox or PlayStation or those kind of platforms. And, really? Yeah. So I mean, we started off. This was sort of my theory on this, is like, all right, gaming is use case number one for, for VR, but then pretty quickly, if you look at any any platform, right? Turn left. You know, computers, phones before. Games are, are a huge part of those platforms, but um, if you look at the main things that people do, it's really about communication, because I mean, this is what people do, right? It's like we, we communicate, and you know, that's kind of how we get meaning in our life, is interacting with other people. So it's like, all right, that's going to happen with VR. And sure enough, if you look at the top apps in VR now, um, the top few are basically social metaverse, hang out with your friends apps that are not centered around any specific game. Um, so that kind of hypothesis around, okay, VR is starting to add different use cases. It's going from games first, games are, are still growing and, and going to be huge, to um, just kind of social, hang out with friends, be present. 
and we're getting all these other use cases that are that are kind of crazy and are happening sooner than I thought. So, you know, another big one is fitness, right? Just because I mean, in, in a way, I mean, these are like the first physical computing platforms. Yeah. It's like you don't you don't like move around while you're on your computer. I guess you could a little bit on your phone, but it's sort of awkward because you're looking at the small screen. But like VR and eventually AR are really designed to be able to move around and do things and like interact with the world, and that's really important Pay to me. Attention. And it's like I, I just. Like, I hate sitting in front of a desk, right? It's like, I, I just feel like if I'm not, like, active, I'm, I'm like, wasting my day. Um, so, I don't know, there have been these awesome experiences. Basically, a couple of companies, um, you can kind of think about it like Peloton for VR. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like Peloton, they sell you the bike or the treadmill, and then you buy the subscription, and you get the, the, the classes. There's a couple of companies that basically do, you know, they do cardio, they do dancing, they do boxing. But instead of having to buy a bike, you just have your Quest headset. And once you have that, you buy a subscription to to these these companies, um, and you can just take lessons um, and, and do different things in fitness. And it's, it's um, I, I thought that was pretty wild. I thought that like in the long term, something like that would start to happen, but it happened way sooner than I thought, um, which was really cool to, to see. Well, if you do one of the boxing games, you realize right away like this is a really good workout. Like yeah. it, it, the virtual boxer when they come towards you and they're in that ring and they start throwing punches at you and you move in your head, yeah. you really wind up getting a, like a really high heart rate. You you put out a lot of energy. It's really good cardio. I found like my feet would hurt because huh. I was pivoting and moving so much because I was like constantly like switching stances and trying to get away with from punches. And as you get, get further on in some of the games, like the opponents become more difficult. Yeah. It's really exciting. It's fun. And you get out of there, and you're really exhausted. It's a really good workout. Yeah, so, I mean, and that's just the, the kind of nature of the whole platform. And that's one of the things that I love about it. But it's, I mean, those aren't even trying to be fitness apps. Right. right. I mean, they're they're, they're just fun. That, yeah, it's just that, that they just happen to be physical. Are they um, capable of having two people, like, we, we had a fencing match uh -huh. today, you and I did. Yeah. Which is really fun. Are they capable of doing that with boxing now? where two people have a book because the thing about the fencing match that we had that I thought was really interesting is like you f were facing one direction uh -huh. like 30 feet away and I was facing another direction like we weren't even facing each other it didn't even matter yeah so you could be Rome yeah. and yeah. we could be playing a game together yeah so I mean the, the fencing demo our internal team built because we haven't released the new device yet so in order to kind of make stuff work for it we, we kind of build it ourselves but the, the boxing ones are, are made all by other game developers and different developers. So and they can do that. Where yeah, there's nothing stopping them from having a multiplayer mode. I, I'm not sure if any of them do yet. I, I all the ones that I've played. I mean, I do Thrill the Fight, and I do, and I really like Creed. But I, I, I do those as um, as single player. I don't I don't know if they have multiplayer modes, but there's nothing holding them back from doing that. So I'd imagine that they will add that over time. It seems like a smart move. I mean, we were talking about martial arts, like in terms of like Muay Thai and, and, and other. I think jiu-jitsu would be a real problem, but because you know, you'd have to physically have something to resist against. But if you could figure out how to do a Muay Thai mode, where the only problem would be things change when you make contact with stuff. Yeah. Things change in terms of like positioning and movement and what you're able to get away with and not get away with. Whereas with boxing, boxing is pretty good for that. Like it's probably like the best combat sport for VR because you don't even have to hit anything for it to feel like you kind of are. Yeah. And when you get hit with a jab, your, your, your screen lights up yeah. like you feel like you got hit. 
Yeah, I mean, for kicking, uh, with punching, it's a little easier to, to throw a punch and then just pull it back. With kicking, if, you, if you're not hitting a pad or something, yeah. you want to, like, continue rotating or else you, it's tough to really put, yeah. your, put your weight into it. It's, um, do you envision a world where one day the physical experience of the game is going to be inconsequential because everything's going to be taking place in your mind? Like, it'll be so good, whether it's with haptic feedback or some other kind of input, where you'll be able to actually experience very Matrix-like something that's not there. I mean, is that ultimately where all this is going? I don't know. I mean... Okay, guys, it seems like we hit another... Uh dead zone on the back road in uh, West Virginia um, so yeah it's pretty interesting uh, I'll wait until it cuts back on and uh, I'll keep going but you know I think in my opinion I think uh, I think wars are going to be fought on uh, through the internet um, I mean you know it's, it's uh, pretty much Two different sides, uh, two different types of war, pretty much. Um, your cold war and your physical war, basically. Your physical war, a lot of people die. Um, your cold war, um, you know, you, you just hold on to goods. You know, you don't you don't let go of goods. You don't trade. You know, that's that's the way of uh, trying to make the other people suffer. Um, I think, in some kind of way, I think in the future, I think. Um, I think some kind of way that this gaming and you know the Air Force is basically just operating drones from 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 a um, a PlayStation or an Xbox controller pretty much. So when they sending drones over to to uh, to other countries and uh, uh, basically the 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 drop bombs and do it do what they do, um, shoot people whatever they do, and uh, and they're right here in the United States playing on a on a, on a joystick. So. Um, I think some kind of way, um, if you throw in the hackers with that, I think some kind of way um, there's going to be conflict. I should say there, there, there's going to be conflict that's going to that's going to um, I guess try to be resolved on on these type of platforms, uh, gaming platforms, and, and you know. Um, so uh, let me. Uh let me see what's going on. Give me one second. Um, yeah, it sucks hitting these hitting these back roads, and uh, you know, um, again, that's one thing about uh. So West Virginia is, is one of those states where. Some parts of the states have certain carriers, and then other parts of the state don't. Um, I'm actually on my way to uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So, in order to get there from where I currently stay, um, you have to go in and out of uh, Pennsylvania a lot. So, that's just small parts of Pennsylvania. Yeah, so this is the first time that I'm actually trying to do a podcast like this. Uh, I think 
people will probably really appreciate it. Um, you know, a lot of people are on the road. My truckers, my Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, Door Dashers, and you know, uh, just uh, Grubhub drivers. And a quarter mile, slight right. Um, you want something to listen to that that you know you can get a different opinion on. Um, so I think you know, minus the background, forgive me for that. You know, this is the first time. Like I said, we'll figure out the kinks. Um, but yeah, back to the show. North and I-376 East, which saves seven minutes if you prefer to stay on the current route tab. No thanks. I think that so much of our experience is our body and not just our mind. I mean, there's right. this strain of, of kind of philosophical thought that's like, okay, what is a human? It's like, you're, it's really just your brain, right? It's, and I don't subscribe to that at all because, I mean, I don't know what you're, how, how you feel about stuff, but like, I, I just feel like my whole energy level and mood and kind of how I kind of interact with the world is all just based on it's like it, it's it's so physical right it's not just yeah. you know so I don't, I don't I mean I guess maybe over time it would be possible to just simulate that through your brain but I don't believe that we're just brains and tanks um, or just brains in a body um, I, I kind of think our our kind of physical being and the actions that we take there are as much or I don't know that, that's like just as much of kind of the experience of being human. I would agree to that, but I would also say that a lot of people just like to sit down and watch movies, and that's a very yeah. alien experience to the human body, and it's something yeah. we become very accustomed to. So what I'm thinking is, if technology advances and keeps going further in the direction that it's headed now, more immersive, more convincing, you know, that uncanny valley gets bridged, and all of a sudden you have a, a real-life experience now, whether this is through some sort of uh, Neuralink type deal or some new technology that tricks the mind into actual experiences, I mean, ultimately, isn't that where this is all going to go? Where you're going to be able to have experiences without having them? And that's not to negate the beauty of real experiences, not to say we won't have real experiences anymore. But if you wanted to have a real experience, we talked about like. Uh, you know, economic restrictions that would keep you from being able to fly to another part of the world. Well, you could go there with your Oculus. You could, you could, you know, have a, a very realistic 3D representation of those. Like, you took me to Rome today. I saw, I got to see Rome. It's very cool. But do you think that ultimately that is going to get to a part, to a time where it's the technology is so advanced that it's indiscernible? That you, you would have. You could have a podcast experience with me. You and I could have this this same conversation right now, but neither one of us be in this room. Yeah, I think the nature of technology is that I think it's it's interesting to sort of hypothesize what the kind of extreme end state is going to be when something yeah. becomes kind of all-consuming. But I think the normal way this stuff plays out is that some things are more easily mimicable or, okay, boxing yeah, you can do that pretty well, maybe one day we'll get Muay Thai and kicking in Jiu-Jitsu, that's going to be pretty hard, right, because you, yeah. you need like all kinds of resistance, so I, I mean I think the way that this progresses is like, you'll it'll keep on being able to do more things really well and I would guess that there will be other technologies or other things will advance in the world that will prevent any one thing from ever subsuming everything else. Um, so, I, 
I, I don't know. I mean, I, I also, I mean, maybe just because I'm in the, I'm in the position of like working on building this stuff every day. So maybe it just, it's, it's like, like I'm just trying to make it useful for a lot of things, right? So to, to jump to like it's so useful that it's better than everything is like is sort of, um, yeah. I'm just not. I mean, that's that's so far ahead of where we actually are because I'm like in the trenches every day trying right. to trying to get this to work. Yeah, for, you're too close to it. Yeah, but from a bird's eye view, like if you looked at where this is going, it's going to become more immersive, right? It's going yeah. to get better. It's going to be more convincing, and this is the real argument for simulation theory. Right? The argument for stim simulation theory is if there's so many civilizations out there in the universe and they're so advanced, ultimately one has to create a simulation. It seems like that's going to happen. If the, if the human race could survive another 100,000 years, the odds we wouldn't create a, a really realistic simulation, it's probably pretty low. Yeah, I think the question is just how, how realistic and how good. Yeah. So I think that there's... Uh, to me, like the holy grail is building something that can create a, a sense of human presence, right? It's like I mean, I've spent the last almost twenty years of my life building social software, um, you know, making it so that you whatever limited com computation you have, you can kind of share something about your experience. And, you know, it started off with primarily text, right? When I was in college, then we all got these smartphones, and they had cameras, and then it became a lot of photos. Now the mobile networks are good enough that it's starting to be a lot more video. And to me, this kind of like immersive experience is clearly going to be the next step. But there's this question about, okay, so being able to feel like you're present with someone will unlock so many different types of value for a lot of people. And there's like social and entertainment, there's professional. I mean, one of, um, you know, I follow this, this economist who basically studies that economic opportunity and, and upward mobility is sort of limited um, or, or varies based on like what what zip code you grow up in, right? Because there's different opportunities in different places. Yeah, I hear but that. you know, imagine if you didn't have to, you know, move to some city that didn't have your values in order to be able to get all the economic opportunities. That would be awesome. So in the future, where you can just use AR, VR, and teleport in the morning to the office mm. and show up as a hologram, I think that's going to be pretty sweet, right? It'll unlock a lot of economic opportunity for for a lot of people. Um, is it ever going to be 100% as good as being there in person? Probably not, but like... I mean, in a quarter mile, turn left onto Franklin Farms Road. I don't know, when, when we were talking about, about doing this conversation, um, you know, we talked on the phone, right? It's like I didn't fly down to Austin to talk about whether to have this conversation. Sometimes it's like, like whatever amount of simulation you have is... Um, you can create a lot of value even if it's not... 100. Turn left onto Franklin Farms Road. It's not as good as the as the actual physical thing. Mm. Um, so I, I just view our job as, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll basically approach that like an asymptote. I don't know if they'll, you know... Continue on Franklin Farms Road for one mile. Never be able to do all of the things that you can do um, kind of in person with a person. But um, you'll just be able to do more and more. You know, if today it's gaming or hanging out... And, you know, over the next few years, it'll be working, right? So you know, hopefully you'll just be able to teleport in and, and basically just show up as a hologram and work remotely and live wherever you want, be with your family, um, wherever they live, um, but just be able to show up in whatever place. Um, I think that that's going to that's gonna be pretty awesome, and I think we'll be able to, to do that pretty well. It's going to so, be a real issue for commercial real estate. Um, 
There's not going to be a lot of offices. If that actually becomes like as it's good common. as having a cell phone in your you pocket and being able to make a phone call, yeah, you can just sort of teleport to work. Yeah, it's going to be a problem. No one's going to want to work. Well, that's a different question. I mean, whether I mean, or not they're going to physically want to be there, rather, they'll they'll maybe they'll want to work, but they're not going to want to go to the office. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Although I, I think being physically being present with people, feeling a sense of presence is pretty important. Yeah. Regardless of where you do it, I mean, I've found, you know, over the last couple of years, the way that stuff that the work has been done has changed a huge amount, and you know, it's that there are all these things that are sort of complex about the office, but like. I mean, I see people in person almost every day. Sometimes I, I probably do more meetings at my house now than I than I would have before. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I do think that there's in a quarter mile, turn left onto US forty West. People in in in, in person having that. Same. So now that I'm turning and everything, um, I just wanted to bring to your attention a little bit what they said. Turn oh, left onto US 40 West, then turn right onto the I-70 East ramp. Sorry about that. Um, commercial real estate. You know, uh, everybody... So, so he's what he's doing is he's just giving you bits and pieces. He can't give you the full plan, but, I mean, he's giving you the, the kind of the obvious... Um, but, but, uh, but if you've been thinking this or, or been wondering or, or don't know, um, you know, he's just giving you, he's just giving you what things already look like what's going to happen. He's confirming, he's confirming basically, um, a lot of things that might look like, uh, like, like, you, you know, the meta he's, he, he came out with the meta or, or named it the meta um or whatever you know um however that goes um because it was actually other metaverses or was considered metaverses um out there already um but yeah i mean uh, so if you're com into commercial real estate um what i see happening with that is i see on one end i see i see just like housing prices right now they they're soaring it is is ridiculous crazy Turn right onto the i70 east ramp then merge onto i70 east uh property property is ridiculous uh a ridiculous price right now um our, um prices are rising all over the world so um for commercial real estate what i see happening is um if your if your company is a is a decent sized company or should i say your company would have to be a decent size in order to be able to continue on i70 east for two miles to be able to afford um commercial real estate two miles take exit 18 for i-79 north toward pittsburgh so um you know uh most people what i see happening all these diseases uh monkey pots corona one two three delta all this different stuff right what i see happening i've been saying this for the last year um is that um most people, you know, global warming, you're not really going to be able to come outside like that. You know, they already giving you like, if you look at your Google Maps or whatever, they already giving you like um, how how well the air quality is. You know, you, you you're able to check the air quality from your Google Maps. Like, it's, I I see it just getting more. Um, uh, I shouldn't say difficult, but. I can't think of the word I'm looking for, and I don't want to say the wrong word, but 
anyway, this is this is. I just wanted to bring that to your attention. That uh, this is this is where things are going. Uh, most people are going to work from home, um, quote unquote, in the meta. Uh, you're going to do your business or whatever you do in the meta, and whatever you can't do in the meta, um, most things are going to be automated. Um, so, um, you know, uh, that's just that. Now, now back to back to Mark and uh, Joe. Half a mile. Take exit 18 for I-79 North toward Pittsburgh. I think so too, but there's definitely a big pushback now about people going to the office rather than working from home. Like people would rather just do their work from home, and they're like, with the internet connections as they are. Take exit 18. And the ability to video conference, like, why do I have to be physically in the building in order to get my work done? Yeah, no, and I agree with that. Continue for 17 miles. Um, you know, our company's actually some types of work, especially software engineering, you can do pretty well from a lot of different places. And if you're an engineer, sometimes it's actually better to not be in the office because then people aren't bugging you. You kind of want, like, a block of, like, five hours where you can just work on a problem. And if, mm. I don't know, it's like... I have this thing where you know, it's all, I'll be like in zone kind of flow concentration working on something and you know my wife will like ask me some some like basic question and I'm just like oh man it's like I just like lost my yeah. flow and, yeah. and it's like um, and like from, from her perspective it's like oh not, not a big deal it was a quick question just go back to what you're doing it's like no that's not how it works <laughs> but, but it's um but so I, I do think to some degree having people be able to work remotely um is is actually pretty useful for a lot of things, but I, th I think we'll need to find this piece. I physically run away from my wife when I have a joke idea. If she's talking and I, I have an idea, I, I will just run away. I just go, I got an idea. I just have to like she gets it, so it's okay. But yeah, if I'm in the middle of writing and she yeah. comes in, no disrespect, up, ladies. Yeah, just gets shattered. Yeah. So in in some ways, well, you would have to have like a real quiet and secure place. But I think for a lot of people. For me right now, just it's, it's the waste time commuting and all that. If you could eliminate that through AR or VR, some sort of a hologram oh, yeah. system, just the stress of life would be so much better. Yeah, I mean that's been for me over the last couple of years with with COVID and just kind of rethinking the, the way that that stuff um, has worked. I think reducing the commute has been one of the big efficiencies. But also being able to being able to live in different places has been nice. I mean, I spent a lot of time down in in Kauai earlier on, and I got like really into surfing, hydrofoiling, and like I just like wake up in the morning and go do that, and then just be really refreshed and go do my full day of meetings, which is obviously not something I could do in in Palo Alto. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm pretty positive on all this. I think if you can give people the ability to get their their kind of fluid state, like flow state work. Um, remotely, but then also just be able to kind of in a second teleport to a place and show up as a hologram and be present. I think that's pretty valuable. Now, there, there, that doesn't replace everything, right? I mean, you're. I mean, I, one of the things that I found is for you know larger meetings, one of the most useful things is not actually the meeting itself; it's just getting a chance to catch up with people before and after, right? When you're in the hallway or something. Yeah. So, so you know, yeah, there is there's a downside to being so efficient about being able to teleport in and out too, because you you can kind of miss some of those casual downtime moments. But um, but overall, yeah, I mean, I think it's just gonna it's gonna create this kind of crazy amount of 
of, of efficiency. Yeah, I think people are still going to crave real-world experiences, no matter what. You know, obviously, uh, I do stand-up comedy, so obviously that experience, you must be there. Yeah. Like, that's part of the fun, is being in the room with people. But I can, I can envision technology improving to the point where you could create a virtual comedy club, and you expressive ones, but that's that's kind of a whole separate tangent that we can go down. I think you'll, you'll clearly want the, the ability to do both, have a photorealistic one and an expressive one. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're sitting around and, you know, someone's a penguin or, or your, your friends are clearly cartoony, but you're sitting around a table and you have a, a shared sense of space and, you know, your friend is to your right, which means that you're to their left and when they speak, you hear it coming from that direction. You actually remember the spatial yeah. sense of that in the same way that you would a physical, a physical thing, which I... It's just kind of getting all those details right over time. Um, I just think that there's, I mean, this to me, this is like some of the most exciting work that I've gotten to do in a, in a while because um, I just feel like building social experiences on phones is so constrained, right? In some ways it's awesome because there's like billions of people that have phones. So I can, you know, we can build services that, that get used by billions of people around the world. And that's obviously rewarding in, in, its, in its own way too. But like having the ability to define what these next platforms are going to be and have them break out of these boxes that have been really weirdly defined, right? In terms of, like, th these things, phones, computers, they were not designed for com as for kind of work and, um, and certain computational workloads. And so a, lo a lot of what I'm trying to do is like, okay, well, what does it look like to design the next computing platform in a way that's like really people-centric. So if you were doing it in the way that like our brains worked and how we actually process the world and how we think about stuff and what matters to us, I, I don't think you'd build a platform that was designed around apps. You'd build it where the fundamental um, you know, unit of how you interact is, is around kind of people and, and how you express yourself. And, um, and you'd want to be able to like have an avatar and an expression of your identity and be able to just jump between a bunch of different experiences rather than have everything be so siloed. So. Um, I, don't know, I think that this is—it's just like it's a—it's pretty wild to try to build this all from the ground up because it's just this incredible breadth and an amount of technology. And I mean, I, I often get criticized because we're we're investing just this huge amount in this. Um, we're we're going to spend this year alone more than ten billion dollars on on all of these different research streams. But the breadth of this is just like extremely wide, right? It's not like $10 billion is going towards any one specific thing. It's like there's all the avatar work and all of how you express yourself and how you build the world. And then there's all the VR stuff. And within VR, we're working on this year's device and next year's device and the and the one after that. And then in AR, we talked about, it's like we have the Ray-Ban glasses and we have sort of the next version of that. But then we also have kind of the, the research going towards the full AR. Um, and we haven't even gotten to neural interfaces yet, but we should definitely spend some time on that. But it's like you kind of go across all these different things, and it's just this incredibly wide amount of technology that, that needs to get built in order to... In half a mile, keep left to stay on I-79 North. I think we build and deliver a realistic sense it's of presence, like you're physically there with another person, which I just think is the most magical thing in the world. Well, it's very exciting. The idea that you could have an office in a jungle... Like, you yeah. know, just all of a sudden, we have, we're going to call this meeting together, we're going to be able to... Keep left to stay on I-79 North. Yeah. You know, we're yeah. going to be next to a volcano. Yeah. There's going to be a bubbling volcano right yeah. next to the desk. Continue on I-79 North for four miles. 
Yes, it's cool. It's I mean, uh, look, I love the fact that there's people like you out there doing it. That it's it's expanding the possibilities for this stuff. But so neural interfaces. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Like where where it is where is that going and where are we at right now? Yeah. So I, I think. You know, so go back to your comments about the matrix before. I think yeah. when, when people think about neural interfaces or any interface, I think it's important to separate out. There's sort of um, there's feedback that you're giving to the computer, and then there's information that the computer gives to you, and you can separate those two things out. So, I, I actually think the the super hard part here is going to be having a computer give you information straight into your brain, and that's not a thing that we're working on. So, um, some people, I mean, like like Elon, Elon Neuralink, and those companies. I think it's. I mean, that's just taking this like super far off. I mean, maybe it'll be ready in like a couple decades. I mean, there will probably be interesting use cases in the near term for people who have injuries or something like that. But I think um, you know, normal people, I think in the next ten or fifteen years, are probably not going to want to get something just installed in their brain for fun. Is my is my guess? I don't um, want to be an early adopter. Yeah, I, I think you you want like the mature version of that, not yeah. like the not the one that where it's going to get a lot better next year and you need to like get your brain implant um, upgraded every year. So, in two miles, take exit fifty nine A for I three seventy six East toward Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. But but here's the the kind of version of this that I spent a lot of time thinking about. So, you have AR glasses, right? And how are you going to control that? Right? I mean, it, how you how you kind of control any 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 computation devices is obviously it's super fundamental to what the platform is. So, you have a bunch of different modes. Um, you know, one of them is going to be voice, where you'll be able to talk to it. But that's not that doesn't always work, right? If you're in a public place or um, you, you want to be discreet or you want to just not annoy the people around you, you, you don't you know, you're not going to dictate everything out loud. A second way is going to be, you know, using your hands. So let's say, okay, so I snap my fingers. We have a chess game, right, or, or a poker game, and okay, here's here's our our, our chess board, and I, I move a piece. It's like, okay, yeah, that'll do with my hands. That's kind of cool, but like, you're not going to be walking down the the, the the sidewalk like manipulating stuff with your hands. I mean, that that Minority I think. Reports, um, yeah, I mean, I think at some basic level. If you can get past that just being weird, um, I think most people's hands will just get tired. Right? Yeah. I mean, if you ever, I mean, uh, just if you hold your hands out like this for a long enough period of time, eventually you want to put your hands down. Um, so the question is, how do you make it so that you can basically go and have your mind give? In half a mile, take exit 59A for I-376 East toward Pittsburgh. Mans to. The, the computer, in this case the glasses, um, without having to speak out loud, without having to wave your hands around, um, even though those things will be great for some. Take exit 59A. In these cases, you're not going to want them all the time. So the, the research that we're doing, it's based on the... It's, it's, it's been. Continue on I-376 East for 13 miles. It's input only, and it's focused on... So it's not... It's not trying to send signals to your brain. It's trying to make it so that your brain can communicate with the computer. And the, the path that we have is it's based on the fact that we have all these extra motor neurons in our body, right? And and part of the reason for that is, like, in case you get hurt, you have neuroplasticity, you can rewire, do stuff, like, find a different pathway to, to kind of send a signal to move your finger or something. There's all these different ways that it turns out our brain could tell this finger to move, but we've sort of optimized... Um, Individually, kind of we, we kind of reinforce certain pathways and end up using 
one one kind of motor neuron pathway to, to do a specific thing, and you have all these others that are not that used. So it turns out you can have a device on your wrist that basically your brain can communicate with your hand, um, tell your hand to move in like a pattern that it isn't no, isn't used to, and then the the wristband can sort of pick up those signals and translate them into completely different things like having a virtual hand move in front of you while your physical hand is just kind of sitting there at your side so you'll be able to have this experience in the future where like you're sitting in a meeting um and you know your wife texts you and it pops up in the corner of your glasses and you want to respond but you don't want to like pull out your phone because that's kind of rude right um so you just kind of like I don't know, twitch your wrist a little bit, maybe like this, like some super discreet motion um, that no one even knows you're doing it and you just like send a message. And that seems like a massive distraction. I mean, people are already distracted by their phones. Like when people well, get a text message and they're like, hang on a second, I just can't answer this real quick. And you're like, okay. And you're sitting there having lunch with someone and they're not talking to you anymore because they're looking at their phone. But now they're going to be looking at these AR glasses and just thinking out text messages. And you won't, you won't even know that they're distracted. They're just going to be not connecting with you. Uh, I don't know. I actually think... I don't know. One experience that I think has been interesting since I've been doing more Zoom calls, um, especially earlier in, that, in, that, in COVID, one thing that I think actually was quite good, or is quite good, is the ability to both kind of have, have everyone here meeting with on video chat but then also have a chat thread going with some of those people. So that way, like, let's say there's something that you don't want to say to everyone who's in the room, but you want to ask one person. It's like, hey, can you clarify this thing that you said? Or right. or you, you, like, don't want to say something in front of someone. It's like, I have this issue a lot because there's, like, a lot of confidential information that I have around the, the company. I don't want to share it with everyone, but I want to, like, get certain people's opinion on stuff. And if I'm doing a meeting and it's purely physical and, like, everyone is there... I, I found that you know, sometimes I like have to wait until the meeting is over to go get the answer to the question that I want. Right. Whereas um, when when I was if, if I'm kind of having a, a virtual meeting over Zoom or in VR and workrooms, um, you just you can just kind of text people while you're doing that. So I, I actually think that it will unlock a massive amount of efficiency in communication and expression between people to make it so that people don't have to wait. Um, until they're done doing one thing to, to send a message to someone else. But, but yeah, I, mean, I do think that there's a separate question about if you have glasses and you're, and you're kind of going about... You know, it's one thing to have VR and you put it on when you want to go you know, play a game or do a meeting. It, in, the, in the kind of fullness of augmented reality, when you kind of have the glasses and you're like going about that through your whole through your life, having some kind of really smart do-not-disturb mode that has a sense of like okay, this thing really shouldn't distract you and you're doing something important is going to be... That's going to be a really important AI problem, too, I think, yeah. to be able to kind of simulate and understand. Because um, I don't think it's going to be as black and white as, like, do not disturb on or off, right? I think you, like, you, you want some intelligence there about, you know, routing and, and kind of understanding which things you're going to want to get and which things not. And maybe have certain people have priority, like if your wife or your family is trying to get a hold of you, they can get yeah. through, but business people can't get through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I worry about additional distractions. I mean, uh, I do not keep my children from social media because I feel like the world that they live in has social media in it and I don't want them to be just completely disconnected from that. I limit the amount of time they use their phones and I try to talk to them about the importance of not being 
like completely uh, absorbed in social media and these kind of things that these kids do. But I, I think it's a part of life, and I, I think it's uh, it's it's new and it's weird and it's confusing and it can be very addictive. But I also think it's a part of life. But going out to dinner with them is so hard. <laughs> they just want to check their, like, uh, like, hey, put your phone down. Stop snapping with your friends. They're always Snapchatting. I'm like, stop. Stop doing that. It's like, well, we got to stop that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you just got to put it aside. Just put it aside. But if you have glasses on, that's going to be very difficult. It's going to be very difficult to get people to, you know, especially if glasses have social media applications and also offer some sort of a, a benefit like a net benefit to like the way you view life like maybe give you uh information on the amount of calories that are if you pick up a food item like what yeah. is that oh, look yeah. at all the calories oh my god it's got that oil in it that's not good for you or you know uh, other benefits but also has social media you're, you're going to come into this like sort of a weird place where you have to figure out whether or not this is a positive thing in your life whether or not it's overcoming you're overwhelmed by it. Yeah, and I think that's something that it's going to end up being this balance, and hopefully our computers and platforms will help us find the reasonable balance on that. I mean, one of the things that you keep, that you've said a few times is, okay, like, I'm not sure if I'd want to do this digitally. I, I, I think about, like, it's like I want to have this experience in the real world. Yeah. I mean, here, here's one kind of philosophical way that I think about this is, I actually think when, when you say the real world, I call that the physical world. And I think the physical world and the digital world, and I think the combination of those increasingly is the real world, right? It's, you know, it's like sorry guys, I'm in there's a tunnel. All this additional information that we bring to the physical experiences that we have, that um, whether it's whether it's digital or or just from our own experience or stuff that we've done, that's more than just kind of the physical kind of sensation that we get. Yeah. Um, but the ratio of that may be shifting over time, right? So in a world in the future where, you know, a lot of the things that might be physical today, I mean, maybe these, this kind of art and school. All right, guys. Uh, just crossed the tunnel, just into beautiful Pittsburgh. I love this city. Um, I think the idea about the whole thing is uh, what I wanted to kind of point out to you a little bit was, uh, you know, technolo new technology is coming. You know, from my knowledge, I don't know where your knowledge is. Is it's probably a lot of people that's going to listen to this, but new technologies are coming. Plan for it. Remember, you heard this from me first, and follow me. Plan for this new technology. Don't be, don't you know? This all the information, and I encourage you uh, uh, to watch the full video. Um, Joe Rogan's on Spotify. I, I don't. I don't. Th I don't know if he he does his full videos anywhere else. He got that big old deal from Spotify, a couple hundred million or something like that. Um, take this knowledge and start researching now. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter where you are in life. Take this knowledge. It's, it's like they throwing you um they're throwing you the alley -oop. all you gotta do is catch the ball and dunk it that's what I'm planning on doing that's why I pay attention you know um I've been doing this stuff for a long time um, as far as uh, technology goes um, but 
just just research what you need to research. Um, pay attention. You know, you you have about you have a handful of uh, big people. I you know you could probably count them on one hand in America and probably two uh, two hands throughout the world. That big companies with with big technologies. That's that's they wake up every morning like me and you, and their main focus is to outbeat the other company at developing technology that that will become a necessity for us to be able to, to eat, a necessity for our health and different stuff. You have to pay attention. With that said, I love all of you. Um, I just touched down in Pittsburgh, so I'm it's getting ready. It's getting ready to uh, be go time in the next next few minutes. So I gotta let you go. But again, um, Joe Rogan, Mark Zuckerberg is the interview. Uh, Facebook CEO. If you if 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 you don't know by now who he is, um, yeah, and, and uh, you get you get a couple extra dollars. Start investing in yourself. Investing in knowledge. It's fun. Basically, uh, uh, I don't know how long this has been, but, but probably about an hour. And for the most part, they were talking about glasses and, and uh, um, video games. It's fun stuff that's going to turn into not fun stuff, I, I guess. Uh, I don't think it's going to be... I, we don't know where it's going to go. We're living in a time where we don't know. We don't. I don't know what's going to happen today. It's storming today where I'm at. Uh, I don't know if you hear the rain. Um, for, forgive me for the, all the background noise again. Um, but I just, I have to get certain things out, and I have to do it in a way that I have to do it. And I hope that, I hope that you find it pretty interesting. Um, but yeah. Uh, Storms in Florida, Puerto Rico, and you know, uh, uh, like going on. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but plan. With that said, peace, blessings. I'm out.